Welcome to the Beck and Siri Show. And here at Team Series Tri Club, it's not just about swim, bike, run. It's about who you become. On our show, we don't just talk to you about swimming, cycling, and running. We talk about mindset. We talk about fearless authenticity and being your very best self. Hey there, Cam here from Team Sirius. This week on the live chat, Beck and Siri talk about preparing to race at altitude, specifically Boulder 70.3, keeping a positive attitude, and remember, river focus goes, energy flows. If you want to join these chats live, you can join the club at www.teamsiriustriclub.com. Hello, everybody. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Team Sirius Tri Club live chat. Do you like our new shirts? Amazing new shirts that Beck had made. Uh, who made them? Jason. I did. made them. No, I made oh, them. Oh, you did. I Amazing, did them Beck. Yeah. So they're incredible, guys, and they're going to be for sale soon. So all awesome. oh my Get guys are getting those as a gift from me. Whatever's left over, I'm going to allow our club to have them. So, oh, but I want right. to welcome all our new members. I think this is about our number ten or eleven on our live chats that we're now going to audio to our podcast. So I want to welcome Lisa Ridges. Um, she joined us yesterday, and actually my training partner from Albury, Jenny Mann, from like when I was way back. She was an amazing swimmer. She's joined now to our club, and she's starting triathlon again. Wow, so really exciting, amazing. Welcome, you guys. It's so great to have you on the team. Um, These are our weekly live chats. We usually start with some uh, updates on results this weekend. I want to congratulate my athletes, uh, Marinda Carfrey coming in second at Ironman 70.3, Santa Rosa running a 117 flat. That's a PR, right? Um, And that is a PR for her. So that was super exciting. Um, Maddie Pesh also racing Santa Rosa and had her personal best on the run. Let's um, just check they can hear us because you've got... Oh, no, it's my phone. It's okay. Yeah. You can hear us. So those two were at Ironman Santa Rosa 70.3. Per Per Van Blerken and Yvonne Van Blerken... (laughs) Uh, both he took one. His, wait, we want to say why. This is so sweet. Yeah. He took his wife's name. I think that is just so honorable. It. It's so Amazing. beautiful, so yeah. selfless. When they got married, um, he took Yvonne's name. It was a beautiful gesture. But both of them won the Leipzig Triathlon over there in Europe. Leipzig. Troy Romero did Challenge Prague three weeks after uh, Challenge Roth. So his legs were pretty... Um, you know, he was pretty tired from, from the Ironman, but Hi, did a Mac. great job. Um, and then we have one more. Uh, Jody Robertson did Ironman Canada and Whistler and had a great race coming in fifth. Super solid, steady race. Um, very tough course. So anyone else on our team who raced Ironman Whistler, well done. And Hard we have course, Boulder 70.3 this weekend, which is exciting because we have a couple of athletes racing here from the club. I know there's a few people coming in from out of town. So quickly, Siri, because you were like the guru at altitude. So those guys that live here, we really don't need to give much tips other than hydrate, hydrate, eat, drink, nutrition. You've done the work. It's there. So you're prepared if you're coached by us, obviously. And if you're on a plan too, if you're doing it to the T. But people coming from out of town, let's give them some tips coming into Boulder 70.3 next weekend. So it's going to be hot. It's going to be dry. Dry. When you come to altitude, you need to drink literally double what you're used to. Not just during the race, but the minute you arrive here, do not make the mistake of not hydrating enough. And you need to seriously drink double what you normally do. You need to take in your electrolytes. You need to really take good care of your body and stay on a consistent schedule of hydration because that is the only thing that will literally 
destroy you. And one other thing, if you're using power or heart rate, get rid of it. Your heart rate's going to be higher, at least 10 beats. Your, your power's, power's going to be lower because you're at altitude, but you're still going to be going fast because it's thinner air. So take it off because it's only going to yeah. be detrimental to you. Get rid of it for sure. And understand that you're going to be breathing heavy, period. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not having a heart attack. You're at altitude. You're going to be huffing. You're going to be puffing, even going up the stairs in your hotel room. So um, just know that you're going to huff and puff. You're going to feel the altitude. Everything's going to feel a little bit harder. You may feel a little bit slower, but if you hydrate properly and you take good care of yourself and you keep thinking proactively and don't stress about unknowns or things you have no control over, you're going to be great. And we're going to get on to a really important question. We're going to keep Amy's important question about um, self-talk and uh, mindset to the end because Siri is just so great with that stuff. Oh, but I'm going to jump in and talk about calories because Amy asked, should the calories be combined with hydration? And um, what I think you mean is do you include your electrolytes as part of your um, carbohydrate intake? So I would actually say that what I, how worked for me and has worked for all my athletes is we would have all our nutrition separate to our hydration, all our nutrition in one bottle with water. So it was like a carb, sorry, I'm sticking to you, it's sweaty in here. <laughs> the carb drink would be mixed with um, water in their bottle. So you, would, I would always take at least like whatever I needed on the bike. So for me, it was 300 calories on a five, wait, five sixes, yeah. 300 grams of carbs, sorry, on a five hour ride. So it was one gram per kilo body weight per hour on 60 kilos. Times that by five hours is 300 grams. I know that's confusing, but I can add more details about how to do that. But it's basically a gram of carb per kilo body per hour. But I would actually take more than that. But I always had that mixed up with water. Sorry, this is long-winded, but on my bike in a bottle. So I always knew that if no matter what, I would have my carbs there. I bought extra in um, food, in solids, in the back pocket, which I do agree that you should have some sort of solids on the bike if you're used to it and you like it and you love it in training. I always ate my solids within about the first three hours and then kept more water fluids like the last two hours. But um, my hydration was completely separate. Do know that electrolytes do have, um, say one bottle of electrolyte, 750 mil has about 20 to 25, sometimes slightly more, but usually 20, 25 grams of carbs. So that would make, make mess up your carb intake too much if you have the one per hour. You st I would usually add it into your carb amount, so I, you could take off a little on the uh, on the bottle mixed for your nutrition side, but doesn't matter too much because I was having like a one water, one electrolyte in hot conditions per hour. So you're going to get about an extra 25 grams in there. For me, that was fine. I was getting in about 80 to 85 grams an hour, but that's about 1.2 grams per kilo body weight per hour, but... I was used to that because I did practice and practice and practice. So if you haven't done that, I would say train. Sorry, serious. It's so long. No, train and train and train with it and practice um, digesting it. And remember that for every gram of carbohydrate, you need 10 mils of water. So if you're going to – don't try and have like Maddie Vella. I always throw him under the bus here. Don't try and taking like 30, 40, 60 grams of carbs at once and then go – Oh, and then start sipping on electrolyte and have no water. You can't, you can't digest that. So if you're going to have a 30-gram gel or 30 grams of carbs, you need 300 mils. I would prefer water because if you have the electrolyte, you're adding more carbs in with those carbs. And you're having like 50 grams and thinking, oh, well, I had like 300 mils of water and you're getting stomach issues. So really top rule is one gram of, kilo, one gram of carbs per kilo body weight per hour, 10 mils of water per one gram of carbohydrate. 30 and guys, grams of carbs, 300 mils of water. There you go. And Hope Beck was, out of every athlete I have ever coached, Sorry, I have guys, never seen an athlete master the hydration 
and fueling in an Ironman like my wife, Rebecca. So um, I listen to her. I go to her for advice for my athletes. Um, Usually this... serious athletes are under eating. That's normally the issue. Yeah. Or they're not having enough fluid, liquid, as in water, with their carbs. Yeah, so listen to what Beck says. Write it down. Take notes. This will help you. It can make the difference between an awesome day and a horrible day. Mm. So definitely... Um, Take what she's saying to heart and put it into use and it will change the way you feel on race day. Yes. And thank you, Amy. Really great question. So the really the answer, overall answer is I would say keep it separate. Um, and don't worry too much if you're having an extra like electrolyte an hour of about 20 grams. That won't be over the top unless you're only weighing like 50 kilos and most of us are at least like a little bit more than that so i hope that really helped um let us know if you have any more just plug in a question now if that didn't help at all while we've got looking here at laura smith oh my gosh can we please Amazing, just laura. mention we're this girl so proud of you she like epitomizes what we're about here at team serious Up. this girl came to us in january now mind you there's a lot going on i won't go into detail but she has she's had medical issues she's has has a sh very very short one leg very short she has trouble running she's constantly having niggles but this girl has just finished a freaking aqua bike of the half distance without the run but she's going to get there and it's a huge achievement like siri how impressed are you yeah i mean laura what you accomplished is absolutely incredible it wasn't just the physical feat that you achieved um but mentally overcoming uh, basically the stories that you were telling yourself mm -hmm. that because of your leg discrepancy, leg length discrepancy, because of your injuries that you would never be able to do this, but you got rid of those stories and you took on the news story that anything is possible. And you went out there and you proved it this weekend. And we are so incredibly proud of you. And I can only imagine, um, what, kind of a gift you gave yourself this mm -hmm. weekend with that performance. So we would love to hear more from you, Laura, about your experience, about your journey. Maybe you can, you know, write up something or, or do a video and share it with the club because you went from believing that this was impossible mm -hmm. because of all the issues that you thought you had with your body your injuries whatever issues. like she literally right. has like five centimeter difference but you overcame leg. every single one of those things to take on something epic and you absolutely and crushed it anxiety in the swim let's get Amazing. on to that because she used to have that now laura if you have any tips for people because you definitely had severe anxiety in the swim like our little mary Carmen used to have and we know the hypoxic drills the head down sprinting 15 strokes head down no breathing all that sort of thing but Siri, I did get a question on mindset, and Amy always asks some amazing questions. Amy Quinn has asked about having trouble focusing on, um, here we go, let's read it so everybody can make benefit from this, because I know we get this really, really often, and I always go to my wife for this because she's just Thanks. so good with it. Um, I'm having trouble hanging on to positive self-talk when things get really bad or hard. What can I say to myself to right the ship, in quotations? Okay, so Amy, I'm going to answer this, and I'm going to be a bit hard. Um, because think of it this way, the minute you start getting negative and you dwell on how horrible you feel, how hard it is, how long you have to go, you are going to feel exactly what you're thinking. Where focus goes, energy flows. If you're thinking about feeling horrible, you're going to continue to feel horrible. If you think about feeling good, you're going to feel better. If you, you know, you're out there and you're suffering and you're struggling and you're frowning and you're having a horrible time and your body language is telling you that you feel horrible, you're just going to feel worse and worse. So what if you knew, what if you knew that every time you spoke 
you know, were hard on yourself and said, ah, you suck today, or I'm doing horrible today, or this is terrible and it hurts and I'm slow. What if every time you say that to yourself, that's exactly what you're going to get more of? What if you realize that when you say things like that to yourself, it's only going to get worse? So for me personally, when I knew that what I focused on and what I was saying to myself is what I was going to get more of, then that made me very, very eager and determined and committed to saying things that were at least proactive. At least I'm going to work hard to make this feel better. I'm going to focus on my form and make sure that my technique is perfect so that that's going to help me feel better right now. In focusing at least proactively, I'm not saying that you suddenly just say, oh, I feel amazing when you don't, but be proactive with your thinking because the way that you think, that's what you're going to get. The best thing is to get proactive with your thinking. Okay, I'm going to focus on my form. I'm going to focus on my technique. And as you start feeling better, which is inevitable Mm -hmm. with proactive thinking, then you can start being more positive. Oh, yes, I'm back in the game. I got myself back in this race. I turned myself around. I feel great now. And then suddenly your horrible day is turning into the best day of your life. So with anything, guys, I mean... This question? is how I got over my OCD. Do you want to hear that? Yeah, but can I ask a question? Yeah. What about going, come on! Like, I know that sounds so silly, sure. but if you're changing your physiology, yes. you have a react- chemical reaction to that and a physical reaction. Like, I, this is silly, but at the start of the con- start line in Kona, if I had, I was so freaking nervous, I would have like, oh my God, so much anxiety. If I had just gone, come on! Like, I, honestly, it sounds ridiculous and people might look at you, but you're not doing it to get attention. It changes your physiology. Sorry. Absolutely. No, and I love that. Change your state. And the other thing too, like laugh at yourself. Yeah. Like, I mean, I remember being in a race and I'd be having a bad day and I'd think, oh my God, I'm disappointing everyone and they're all going to be miserable and upset for me. And it's like, and then I decided I'll tell myself, what a joke, sir. You think you're that important that you're going to ruin life for all these people? Like you're racing. People don't even care where you finish. And then you see and your mom go, go sweetheart. Yeah. So you're I'm in last place. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so you can laugh at yourself. You can yell at yourself. But the most important thing is to remember, and back to what I was saying about how I cured my OCD. Mm-hmm. Now, this is going to sound harsh to some of you, but you know what was causing me all this trauma was thinking, oh my God, my mom's going to die, or, or my mom's going to get sick, or the people I love are going to leave me. And when I realized that what you focus on is what you get, I thought, oh my God, every time I think these thoughts... I'm making it more likely that that happens. Mm -hmm. And that was enough leverage for me to say, that's it. I am not doing that anymore. If I'm drawing these horrible things to happen, happen. I'm done. I will not do something that I know is hurting me and most importantly, hurt others. So where focus goes, energy flows. What you think is what you will create. If you just focus on your problems all the time, guess what? You're going to get more problems. Change your state change your focus, change the meaning that you're giving things and change what you freaking do about it. You know what? Get out there when you're feeling horrible and smile and wave at people and say, hey, good yeah. job. And guess what? You know you what? Gotta, Suddenly, you start yeah. feeling better. I agree. Because us pros, we, we very rarely would talk to them. But honestly, and I feel bad now looking back, I wish I had have said hi more and said, go, good job, well done, like you're looking great more because they do it for us and they're probably suffering if not more than us just because we're winning doesn't mean that they're not suffering. It's all relative and I wish I had to thank them more. Because it makes you feel better too. Well, it does and I feel like they deserve that. Like they're suffering and they're like, go back, you're doing amazing. And I'm like, ugh. 
And I, I feel, I look back, that's one regret that I have, that I would thank the volunteers more. I, I, I was pretty good with that, but I've seen people run past a stage and give me water and like knock them out of their yeah, hands. And it's like, these guys are there all like giving long. their time in the freaking heat of the day for like eight hours. And all you can do is like knock the water over. Like you have to really be conscious of that. And I know most of the pros are pretty good at that, but that's one regret that I had, but we've got so it. many Trade questions. Trade your series, expectation so for appreciation and see your world change. Instead of Sorry, expecting that somebody's going to give you your, your water real fast and they haven't done it you know fast enough and that makes you upset and you feel worse like just appreciate that someone's out there to hand you water like we're gonna try and get through that. all these questions we have so many i'm gonna interrupt you each time because we have like eight more questions to get through and they're all really good so brianna favra is that how you would say it yeah um if we miss a session is it okay this is on she's on our training plan Woohoo. um is it okay to make it up another day as long as it's not already a two-day workout kind of doesn't work like that but it also depends on the session also what would you recommend solid food nutrition okay we'll do the first one first is about um makeup sessions and i think um with that it totally depends like you're saying if, it, if it's not two a day the next day would you do the session that you missed the day before onto the next day that only has one session i would say it depends so much on the session like we strategically honestly it's like a freaking chessboard siri and i designed these plans it took us hours and hours and hours we argued back and forth not very often actually because we're pretty much set on our philosophies but they're actually devised so that you would have like that's why we always had um usually a friday off you would do your long bike saturday with the run off long run sunday your legs are fatigued and usually a heart rate set or an easier depending on how you're feeling swim on monday to recover your legs and then back into something sort of more as quick turnover type stuff fast stuff tuesday um or really hard stuff on tuesday and then a long aerobic break wednesday so we plan our week so that all the sessions are set to help you recover the best for the next day. So it's very hard to answer that. Siri, what you, what's your um, idea on that? Well, I agree. Like the way we've arranged these plans is every single session has a purpose. And every single session is giving you something that is going to powerfully lead into the next day's session. Mm -hmm. Even if you end one day with a hard swim, and you start the next day with a hard bike, there's a purpose behind that. Mm -hmm. So if there were a way that you could Let's send in a question. Well, okay, so... Um, Let's say, say she misses her, her brick on Wednesday, her aerobic like three-hour bike with the easy run off. I would say, okay, if you miss that aerobic brick, let it go. You got set there. You just start way. up the next day. You cannot try to make up sessions because that gets in the way of the whole rhythm yeah, of the whole really entire does. training it's, plan. It really does. Now, if you missed the hard bike on Tuesday and Wednesday you've got a long aerobic brick, what I would do is do the hard bike on Wednesday mm -hmm. but still do the run easy off the bike mm -hmm. because that's a session a that you really session. don't want to miss. It's a key session. Um, yeah. But you need to make adjustments. You can't do the hard bike and then do the long aerobic brick. That would kill you. Yeah. So the best thing is ask your coach. Um, have them make the right decision ask for us. you or ask <laughs> us. Um, but if you miss an aerobic or an easier session, let it go. Don't try to make it up. Um, if you're missing a key session, think about where it's going. Yeah. Like if you've got a key run, say you had a key run on a Thursday and you've got a key swim on a Friday, what's your weakness? Is your weakness your run or is your weakness your swim? Mm -hmm. Because whatever your weakness is, I would do that first. 
-hmm. So do your hard run first and do the hard swim second. Yeah. And if you're usually it's good up. to do the swim second just for recovery purposes. Yeah. Um, unless it's a very hard swim and just a strength bike or easy right. run, right? You want to do your hard sessions first generally Yeah. Um, with the flush out. Even though if it's a hard swim, you're still getting a little bit of a flush out. With your yes. Legs. I'm sorry that wasn't very specific, but it does depend totally on the session, as you can tell. Right. Um, okay, Siri. So um, I'm doing 70.3 Worlds, Katiana Brayton. Oh, yeah, I remember. Katie, I'm joining. Yay, welcome. Um, 70.3 Worlds. Where is that this year? Oh, my God. Uh, nice, France. Okay. The bike course has a big hill, and I don't know what grade it is, but um, any tips for the different bike course, and what about hill reps? Now, oh, my God, if you're on our plan, you're set, as long as you're totally. doing the training properly. If you're not, Siri's going to give you some tips. Um, absolutely. Our plans are very much strength-oriented. My Our philosophy is that the stronger you are, the faster you are going to go. Even if all you did every single day was strength work, um, you're going to get faster and faster racing. Now, we give you everything you need. But for a course like Nice, you need to train in the hills. Mm -hmm. um, not just uh, building that strength and that power, but it's important to find, even if you live in a place that has no hills, Find a hill somewhere that you can not only work the uphills, but also it's the descent. In Nice, the descents are what yeah, are going to be... Black handling. You could be the best climber in the world, but if you can't descend with confidence, all that... Um, all that the, you've gained on the, the that you've gained on the uphill, you may lose on the downhill. So it's important not just to build your strength and power to get up the hill, but also to build your confidence and make sure that technically you're descending in a way that gives you confidence. And for me, the biggest pointers for descending are sit far back on your seat so that your weight is on the back of your bike. Keep your hands relaxed. Um, keep your hands relaxed. Look where you want to go. Not where you look don't want to go. You're going to go wherever you look. So look where you want to go. And just stay as relaxed as you can. Lift that inside leg up. If I'm turning left, my inside leg is up. Um, but definitely this actually, practice. This helps with the next question. Sorry to jump in. Um, Lisa Campbell and Siri was the ITU Guru World Champion at Olympic Distance. So I'll let her do this. I was okay at it. I wish I was better at bike handling, but I definitely wasn't. But Siri was always the front, so she never had to worry. She'd just go right to the front no, of the I corner. No, I wasn't at the no, front. No, listen. Oh. She'd go right to the front of the corner. And slow and then, everyone and down. Then, and then everyone else had to slow down. And it's the safest way to do it. Everyone said to me, if your bike handling's not great. and Go to the front. Mine's actually was pretty good, but... Go to the front because then everyone just has to follow you. Yeah, right? Again. totally. So Lisa Campbell is USAT age group nationals. Woohoo! For sprint and Olympic, trying for a world qualification. Go, 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 girl. You can do it. Um, do you guys have any short course tips, tricks, guidance that be different to the approach for long course racing? You should definitely be on our Olympic advanced if you want to qualify for worlds advanced plan because we have a 16 week one and it's all of these key sessions that Sarah used to do as an Olympic athlete. There's so much more speed in there. I'm not saying we don't do that for a half distance, but... Um, they're definitely shorter. Your long rides are going to be shorter. Your long runs are going to be a little bit shorter, but tips for a swim start, bike handling, tangents, transition, nutrition, pacing. That's yeah, that's a big question. So Good awesome, question, awesome question, Lisa. Um, most importantly, swim, transitions, let's go swim start first. well, transitions, you need to practice your transitions. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because that can make or break your entire day. When you're talking about racing against so many people, you know, if you take 30 seconds longer in transition, that could be five people finishing ahead of you at the end of the day. So work your transitions, not only physically, but in your mind as well. Visualize yourself going through the process of going from the swim to the bike and from the bike to the run efficiently with composure and completely focused. Swim start. 
Um, the biggest thing I would say is for me, There's I knew that options, if, right? if I could get out fast and I could get on the quicker feet right off the bat, then I knew that my chances of staying in that pack were 1 million percent better. You've got to work your starting speed and start with 25s fast, then 50s fast, then 100, and then bring that 200. I think a really good one is deep water, treading water, and we can send a video. You guys, we've had, we've posted so many times, treading water with head, um, head up, but treading water, sculling in front, and then boom, and head down, 15 strokes, no breath. It also helps you practice that hypoxic state, so your body recognizes that in a race. That's yeah, really absolutely. And when we practice our starts which would be that flat out 100 meter sprint, um, we try and do it with as little breathing as possible. And not to try and kill you, but you are going to ex be experiencing the panic, the, the stress, the nervousness of the start of a world championship swim start. It's nervous. When I say that, it probably makes you nervous already. It makes me so nervous. if you practice swimming 100 meters, flat out and holding back how many times you're able to breathe, you're going to be presenting yourself with the same kind of anxiety and stress that you're going to feel on that day. And the more comfortable you can get with that, the better you're going to be able to manage that on race day. I think our fart leg session where you do, um, it's like a 1500 warm up when you're not even warmed up and we do 25 fast, 75 easy, 50 fast, 50 easy, 25 fast, 75 easy, 100 fast, 100 easy. You're not warmed up. That's kind of like what it's like in a race if you're trying to get on and off and on and off and on and off feet, if that's the goal, if you can try and stay in the pack. But I also think that, um, yeah, the, the deep water starts, the hypoxic starts, the breathing three, five, seven. We do like 200 builds, breathe three, breathe five, breathe seven, each 50, and then we build the last 50. So it's four fifties in that 200. And that hypoxic breathe three, five, seven, which is basically you're breathing every three strokes, every five and every seven. Um, really helps. I remember Vanessa thought that it was every 14. She thought it was like one, two, three, like every second arm. So she's trying to do 14 strokes. So just to make sense of what she's saying, guys. So it's called our hypoxic drill. So five, 200. It's a 200 and each 50, you're breathing less and less. And then the last 50 of the 200, you're going as fast as you can, but you're already kind of like struggling for breath. So um, tell them exactly what you do. So a 200, you would go swimming a 50, breathing every third or so stroke. Then the next 50, you're going to breathe every fifth or so stroke. The third 50, you're going to breathe every seventh or eighth stroke. And the last 50, you can breathe as much as you want, but we want you to go as fast as you can so that you're having to go fast when you're already kind of struggling for breath. So everything we're doing is we're trying to replicate what you're going to feel and what you're going to be experiencing on race day. It's super important. And that's where the next thing I would practice as well is drafting, getting in a lane with three or four other people yeah. side by side and doing some of these sets yeah. side by side. It's frustrating. Adjust your position throughout the set, but get used to having people all around you, mm -hmm. not just all around you, but hitting you and mm -hmm. swimming over the top of you. Like, yes, that's reality. That's going to happen. So let's, practice that and tangents you literally honestly cut the tangent like it's like a straight tangent like straightest line and on the run just hug every corner um pacing for an olympic you're honestly full throttle the whole way like if you're on our plan and you've done the 16 week plan you're ready to go as hard as you can you should be redlining it the entire time if you're if you're fit enough and you've yeah. done the work i really believe Absolutely. that even almost the 70.3s race like that now for the pros yeah so, definitely one last thing guys on the swim because you may have a great start and be on the quicker swimmer's feet, 
they're going to want to drop you. And where they're going to try and do that is on the buoys. going into the buoy and coming out of the buoy. Yeah, so anticipate. You need to anticipate that whoever's feet you're on, they're going to try and get rid of you. Mm-hmm. So as you are getting close to a buoy, they're going to accelerate. They're going to up their stroke rate. They're going to strengthen their kick. And they're going to try and get rid of you. Anticipate that. You up your stroke rate. Strengthen your kick. Stay on their feet. And when they come out of the buoy after making the turn... They're going to do the same thing. They're going to try and sprint away from you there. So anticipate that as well. You make the turn on the buoy, up your stroke rate, strengthen your kick, and be absolutely relentless to not let them And know where the next can is. So what I would do, I'd sprint in, and I would take a breath just before the can. If it was a right-hand turn, I would put my right arm right around the can and pull myself around it. And be heading straight to the next cam, wherever that was, the next buoy, wherever that was. So you have to know that if you're on feet, know where it is because you almost want to have your head down. Sometimes you can't see a thing. And know where that line is. Like practice it the day before or at least sight it so you can see where you're lining up with because it's so important and they are going to try and get you on those corners. And so just on that last back, question. hold on. We've got two on more that, questions. This Siri. is super important. Um, in these races, guys, in any race, know the course. You can have your best performance ever physically, but you don't know the course, so you go the wrong way, you go off course, and you ruin everything by not having done the research. Know the swim course. Know where the buoys are going to be. Know how far it's going to be from the start to the first turn. Know the bike course. Know the names of the streets where you need to turn. Know the run course. Know where the aid stations are going to be. There is no excuse for not knowing the course. And you don't want that to get in the way of you having your best race. Did we talk about training for the hills? I don't know if we touched on that enough. If you're not on a program, I would start with, like we've talked about this before, start with the one minute big gear, one minute easy, and start at like 70, 75 RPM. And then um, slowly go to two minutes, three minutes, five minutes till you get that conditioning and do it in the time trial bars so you're stimulating your time trial position for the strength work and then build up from there. But if you're on a plan, you're fine. But remember with the big gear, don't look at power, guys. That's why we hate power. It's totally irrelevant. Big gear is always lower. Don't be thinking about power or heart rate. All those know, though, with your heart rate on big gear, it shouldn't be really, really high. It's like a, a deadlift. It's like a low heart rate session. It's almost... When you get good enough and strong enough at it, it feels like a recovery session. Like I barely used to get sore from it because um, you're trained in condition to it. So I would say definitely start adding in the big gear work for sure outside and on the trainer. Uh, So we have a question about paddles. Um, My favorite ones, what are your favorite paddles? Mine are absolutely the Stroke Master. I use the blue. I have a pretty big hand. The blue Stroke Master, I can add the link to this. And they've got little holes in them. So it's not as much pressure on your shoulders. And um, it allows you to pull through the water, but still get that strength under the water. So they're my favorite, Stroke Master. What are yours? Yeah, those are my favorite too. And you can also feel the water because of the holes. There's water coming through the paddle, and you get more of a feel. Okay, conversion. Jenny Mann, my the girl I used to train with in Aubrey as a junior. Like this was honestly, I think like twenty two years ago. It's crazy shit. Um, excuse me. So we, um, I remember doing a four hour training session in her driveway for Olympic distance. It's just crazy. Russian, <laughs> Russian my my shoe, my amazing Russian swim coach was crazy. Uh, Romanian, sorry. Um, what's a conversion from like trainer road? Um, and we usually say what about. 10, 15%. So if she's got like a three-hour bike ride on the road, what would you convert that I would to? do it three hours on the train. I would do two yeah. and a half. That, that's serious choice. Yeah. Like I would just, yeah. I've I always used to do... Um, if it's like a six-hour, like you could probably get away with five. You want to honestly try and do as close as you can. Yeah, but. I would do the same amount of time, but also understand like when you get to doing 
longer, harder rides. Like in the winter, we're doing some right. four and five hour rides with, with some time trialing. Then I cut it down. Then I would cut down a five hour ride to a four hour ride because I know the quality that we're getting on this day is going to be way more on the turbo mm -hmm. than it would be on the road. But if you're just doing like a three hour aerobic ride and you're doing it inside because the weather's terrible, I would still do three hours on the turbo mm -hmm. and watch a movie. Keep yeah. it aerobic. Get that conditioning in. Um, it is so tribute. Okay. So one question on here, Laura's asking, and this is, I, I, I sometimes I giggle at questions, but I think it's so relative because we, I always assume that everybody knows what we know, but they no. don't. They don't. Oh God, I knew so nothing beginner when mindset, I started. Rebecca, get back into I it. I knew so, nothing when I started. So great Sorry, question. Sorry, I'm not allowed for to talk. It, no, because we've got to go. For, my phone's got 3% left. Um, we're lo losing juice here. For the longer distance of 70.3, should we break up the race and do bursts versus steady state? Is, if that's during the race, no. You want to just swim in a steady state 100%. When you're training, you're going to obviously train for that to get your aerobic conditioning. But I would say, Laura, do, I wouldn't stop. You'll be fit enough by then, um, whenever the next race is, to be able to swim consistent. Um, over that 70.3 distance. Sarah, do you want to give them one of your favorite, I know what it's going to be, key workouts for like increasing the high end aerobic pace? Oh, yeah. I mean, whatever. So if you're going to do a half Ironman, um, I would do anywhere from 30 to 40 times 100 at a high end aerobic pace. And what I mean by that is this is a highly focused effort where you truly have to like stay committed and focused on what you're doing in order to make the interval. Your rest should be anywhere from three to five seconds only. So literally it would be like 30 100s on 130, coming in at 126 to 127 for all of them. You have three seconds to stop, reset, go again. Stop, reset, go again. And you and, honestly feel like you're redlining it the whole time. And the, the, But the power of this set is so if you realize that you've just done 30 100s holding 127, then that should give you the confidence, since so you're only getting three seconds rest, to mm -hmm. hold 130 for the entire race. Easily. Huge confidence mm -hmm. booster. You've got to be committed. There's no stopping to have a drink or have a gel. Like, once you start, boom, you're in it. Yep. And... Yeah, we're running out of juice, so we'll just, I think we're nearly done with our questions. But Laura, you don't have to worry because you have the amazing Maddie Pesh. <coughs> Maddie, Sorry. bless you. Maddie Pesh coaching you, and she's going to give you those amazing 30, yes. 40, 100s high end aerobics. Definitely. So, and she may start you with 10 seconds rest or a little more, but it will slowly come down. You'll be holding that same speed with less rest. So that in obviously increases your aerobic capacity and your aerobic conditioning massively. I think that's all, you guys. We probably do one more question before my phone dies, but, um, let us know if you have any other questions. We're so excited. We have our beautiful shirts on. Uh, next week, let me say, I think, I'm not sure if we're here next week. We're going to try and be, though. We may be. We're away. here. We're, we're here next oh, okay. week. Okay. Yeah. It's a week after. Okay, so we are yeah. here next week. Okay. Bless you. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> Thank Hi. you. <laughs> Hi, Mona. You're amazing. I'm so proud of you. She's doing a sprint race this weekend at home. So we're You so guys, we're so her. proud of all of you for committing to being in our tribe on this team. Always remember that if in every moment in your life you're working to be your best self, be present. That's the number one thing that you can be to be your best self, whether it's during a training session, with your time with your family, time with your loved ones, time at work. When you are present, you are going firing on all cylinders and you are giving all your power to whatever it is you're focusing on in that moment. 
Be fully present in everything that you do every single day and you will find that your performance as a human being, as a triathlete, as a person in a relationship, as a, a person with your career is going to be at all new levels. So be brave, be you, be present, share the gift of you with all those around you and give the gift of you to yourself in those moments that are just for you. And if you're listening, thank you because next month, Norma Tech are going to give away a free pair of Norma Tech recovery wow. boots worth like $2,500 to one of our members. It has to be for a member. I know we do our podcast as well to outside of our club members, but you guys listening, you guys get a chance. Awesome. Cam's going to do a random draw thing where it comes up and they just choose a winner randomly. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. Awesome. Yeah. So guys, have an amazing week. Woo. Uh, we love you all. Take care. Be healthy. Be strong. We'll see you next week. Let us know who's doing Boulder 70.3. We'd love to say hi. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Hey there. Cam here again. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to join these chats live, remember you can join the club at teamseriouscliclub.com.